After a uh, false start, because we forgot to add in the music. Um, Calfire Crackbots 12, forest fires, the face of climate change, the face that causes orange skies and people to bitch and moan about how we're all fucked. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't right. you tell us, um, why don't you tell the viewers at home about the good news? We have news. Um, the news is that we have a Twitter now, uh, at Calfire Crackpod. I only posted one thing on it, which was that we went to the Anti-Fly concert in Chicago yeah, we did. a few days ago. It was fun. Yeah, good stuff. They you did got good. Me on them. Um, and then we're also on Apple Podcasts now, so whole back catalogs on there. We'll continue to upload to there, so you don't have to watch the slides. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, these slides are on YouTube. Yep. So... What's the deal with fire? Uh, Jerry Seinfeld is a little toasty this afternoon. That's a very good question. Fire, it cleanses, but it also kills things. How can it do well, both? Fire is... It's cool. It's humanity's most stupid invention. Yeah. Well, that and black powder. Black powder is humanity's coolest invention, but that also includes fire. Yep. Anyway, forest fires, they're a force for good. So, you know, you got, you got this big crowded forest, um, you need a fire. And forest fires are meant to clear out um, an overgrown forest, but not destroy everything in it. So if you have a controlled burn, like, we'll talk about this more later in the episode, but if you are clearing the forest naturally or by having controlled burns every once in a while. When a big forest fire does come around, how well you maintain the forest is the difference between um, total destruction of the land and a healthy forest. So you're clearing underbrush, uh, your good carbon cycle, there's very few emissions of smoke when it's a low fire, all around good stuff. Absolutely, yeah. You know, the forest fires, like you said, they serve two main purposes to clear out brush when there's too much of it and to prevent that brush from causing a larger fire that's going to destroy larger trees that really should not be dying at a fast rate. You know, it's the brush that you need to get rid of. And uh, things have adapted accordingly. Acacia trees are known for requiring heat in order for their seeds to germinate. So why does climate change ruin everything? Climate change so, ruins everything, if you don't mind me taking this, because... You can go ahead. It makes those temperature fluctuations more drastic. That's why we call it global warming instead of climate change. The opposite. We used to call it global warming, but that kind of made this perception that it's going to make everything hotter, which isn't necessarily true. It just makes hot things hotter and cold things colder. And that ends up coming along with forest fires because it makes these dry conditions 
and these really, really hot summers that end up creating those big forest fires that we really shouldn't be seeing more than once every few hundred years. That's right. So you have a picture of a dead giant sequoia that in all likelihood is thousands of years old. Giant sequoia is really the only reason they die on their own is by falling over when they get too big. <laughs> and yeah. then there's the map of acres burned during fire season. Fire season is starting earlier and ending later and even pushing into the winter, the wet season where you shouldn't have that. So fire season really is nine months on, uh, three months off, give or take. Yeah. And this is kind of status of wildfires. So increased greenness, unburned to low, low, moderate, and high. Those are kind of your categories of wildfire. Uh, increased greenness is literally like barely anything happened. Um, fires are getting more severe, more intense, more frequent, and they're burning far more acres. This last fire season was one of the worst on record. It was something four or five million burned acres. Yeah. That was not good. Um, it's worth mentioning that this serves as really good proof that climate change is a real thing that's happening. This isn't just, you know, the sixth mass extinction. This isn't just a normal cycle that happens. Those sequoia trees haven't been dying before, but they are now. And the only thing that's changed is human involvement. All right. So when a forest fire does happen, uh, debilitating land clearing forest fire, you know, it's going to look something like this. Uh, this is in, somewhere in Colorado, but you have destroyed ecosystem and then you know grasses from surrounding areas their seeds start to blow in but these high severity wildfires they remove all forest vegetation and what that does is it puts kind of a waxy substance on the uh, forest floor which is impermeable to water and that causes a wax ton of runoff and really hard for this to turn into this which is a new growth forest so what usually needs to happen is you need to get in here and plant more trees yourself. You need to have volunteers come in and plant trees because you need to accelerate this process. Saying that forests regenerate themselves after forest fires so you don't need to do anything about it is like saying that the oceans and the earth naturally absorb carbon dioxide so you don't need to do anything about emissions. That's true if it were happening at a natural rate. Yeah, of course. Right. Um, so you got some effects of forest fires. Um, they're not that deadly, because for the most part they're happening in areas no one lives. We'll get into some notable fires later in the episode. Um, but as we were saying, once uh, that waxy substance forms, you have a lot of runoff and mudslides because there's no more roots to hold in uh, land. So of course, Route 101 a lot of times in the early winter is closed um, along some major portions of it because a part of it just falls into the ocean. And, of course, losses in habitat decrease biodiversity by a lot. And if you look down here, this is all smoke. Um, in the middle of the United States, pretty much all of it is has a thin haze of smoke over it. Um, from wildfires. So yeah. a lot of respiratory illnesses, 
a lot of uh, sun blotting outages, and a lot of people mad at a state. Yeah, runoff is um, California hate. Yeah, we're totally original for that, but runoffs are really big deal. I feel like people kind of underestimate how huge. Uh oh. Uh oh. Is You're spazzing out. Just... Your mic. Anytime something is where. Hey man, can you hear oh, me? Am I better now? Oh my god. Yeah, try saying something. My internet is going unstable. All right. Um, try, yeah, sure, try again. So, runoff is underestimated by a lot of people because it's just kind of a thing that happens. You know, sliding rocks run off into water supplies, but it becomes a huge deal over time. You know, fertilizer from farming and less, um, you know, less arable areas where you have to fertilize more and just kind of higher amounts because it keeps on getting washed away that ends up going into the water and making your water table all fucky wucky there's but, a reason why the second third largest freshwater lake in california in one of the driest parts of the state uh can't be used for drinking water it's because there's yeah. huge algae blooms in it caused by agriculture runoff what phosphorus does to a particular body of water so, some firefighting tactics. Um, I'm going to start with prison labor, because that's the one I was thinking about more. So, you know, California Department of Corrections and Cal Fire, they work together. So you have prison inmates uh, doing the uh, shit jobs in firefighting, which is trench digging, um, stuff like that. And at first glance, that kind of sounds like... Um, government overreach like putting into servitude um but if you kind of look a bit deeper california makes it super easy for once their sentences are up to um become like full-fledged professional firefighters because they already have the skills and training and the know-how so yeah it's a little sketchy but it's it's a form of criminal rehabilitation that doesn't involve further imprisonment it gets the job done it does. <laughs> Which is why 2020 was so bad, is because they suspended the program for the year because of COVID. Wow. Huh. Yeah. So your main tools of the trade is um, called containment, which is you're just knocking down a row of trees to stop the fire from advancing. But that's a problem because when big fires happen, embers can just jump up over and get carried miles and miles away. And start what's called the complex fire, which is just a patch of small fires over a very large area that's very hard to contain. And then when they join up, it can be random, and that's when people die. Yeah. It's very bad. Mm -hmm. Then you have the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life, which is the fire train. The fire train? The fire train. Mmm, the fire train. I've never seen one of those before. Uh, yeah, because... We live in Chicago. Well, I've seen pictures of planes and helicopters dumping water and you yeah, know, flame retardants over like, stuff, but I've never seen a train. Cancerous substance over the entire land. That looks like they're going to figure out in 30 years that it's like asbestos I, times 10. I don't know what it's made of, 
and it probably isn't an insane cancer-causing thing. It just looks bad. It looks... It looks like you're making it worse. I know you're not, but dumping big red clouds onto fire makes it look like you're just contributing. Yes. Although, is that a consumer airline plane they're using for... It's a, yeah, it's a re- they use retired airplanes. Ah, cool. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty nice. And then you got, you know, a lot of rail routes go through some prominent fire zones. So you know, you got a train just filled with water. You can just spray on stuff. It's very nice. And then you have basically just off-road fire trucks. <laughs> Nothing too complicated, but for fire management. They're not really out to protect as much forest as possible. They're out to protect property and people's lives. Yeah. As argue all you want about which one's more important. Um, the forest can't vote you out of office. <laughs> Pretty much. The forest also will not sue you handsomely for putting out... Well, I think... Our- for a Californian homeowner, and I saw planes of water and fire trucks just dousing the forests and leaving my house to burn, I'd be a little mad. Yeah. And I should have probably mentioned this in a separate slide, but the main energy provider, EGE, um, uh, Pacific Gas and Electric, for most of Northern California, they start like every forest fire. So during the late summer, when it gets super windy, uh, their power lines fall over and, like, start every forest fire. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, they get sued, like, every year, and they go into bankruptcy every five. (laughs) So that's... So now we're going to talk about some notable fires. So this... um, It it used to be a neighborhood. It did did used to be a neighborhood. And, like... Hmm. I squinted at this, and it looked normal. But, like, maybe it's the early 90s, like, terrible, like, picture. But all of these houses are destroyed. Um, yeah, it was, like, pretty much everything in that area is leveled. Mm-hmm. This is, like, just north of Oakland, and the 1991 Oakland Hills fire. So, yeah, apparently there was a huge fire, and they put it out. And then, like, no one died, no one's house got destroyed. And then, like, they left everything in place that night just in case it started up again. And that the next morning, um, a single ember, like, flew into a, uh, like, a bush or something. And then it started something that killed uh, 25 people. And the total cost is about $2.56 billion in damages. Wow. So every house, this entire land had to be reconstructed. And... 2,843 single-family homes were destroyed. Um, if you are a fan of new development and no sing- and multifamily zoning, um, you might have liked this. Yeah. And then, the 2018 campfire. This one is really bad. This killed uh, that, that was one of the That was one of the worst in pretty much all of California's history. Um, it was the deadliest. It killed 86 people. Wow. The town of Paradise was completely destroyed. Um, nothing left. Absolutely nothing left. Like, completely leveled. Houses looked like this, and then like this. 
This is what it looked like from space. This was a really interesting uh, visual. Yeah, you've got those big trails of smoke just behind it. Yeah, this is uh, covering tails of Lake Oroville just for scale. Wow. South. Yeah, so it was pretty big. Um, it was, fifty. It was like, it was only like a hundred and fifty thousand acres, which like is pretty piddling for a wildfire these days. But what mattered is that where it was, this was uh, started by PG by a PG&E power line. Yeah. Seems yes. like that's a continuing theme. So this was the most interesting one. So this was last year when. Uh, this photo of downtown San Francisco was in the middle of the day. Oh, yeah, the red skies from last year. Yeah, so that was caused by the whole area pretty much being surrounded by three complex fires. So CZU, SCU, and LNU lightning complexes. And all of that smoke rose into the air, reflected by the sun, turned orange, came down. Air quality was terrible. And it spawned some of what is the most terrifying natural disasters in the world, a fire tornado. Fire tornadoes are... I don't even know what to say about them. They're, They're fire terrifying. tornadoes. Like, it, it's a freaking fire tornado. Um, all of these fires are... They killed no one. So that's nice. But yeah. altogether, it was about uh, 400,000 acres and 222 buildings destroyed. Uh, there's a reason why, unless it's a metropolitan area, much of the uh, forested America is pretty deserted. Not many people live there. If something does happen, it's pretty hard to get to you. And stuff like this could happen. And no one's saving your house. But yeah, you it's can't tough have to deal a... with. Tough to deal with a house in rural California when there's fire tornadoes on your lawn. Yeah, but you can't have a uh, wildfire where there's no wild. Yeah, back together in cities. This is um, this is a satellite uh photo of the CZU Lightning Complex, or what's left of it. This is one of the starkest examples of a forest fire that you can see in like from a satellite, because like a lot of times it's pretty hard to see. Um, a lot of fire zones are like super patchy. But this is pretty stark. Um, yeah, you you can you could I don't even need to say anything. It's completely destroyed. <laughs> yeah couple more. Um, the Dixie Fire. It looks like a freaking volcano erupted. But this was the wow. 13th largest fire in the his in recorded history. Only one person died, and that was a firefighter. Hmm. But 963,000 acres were burned. They didn't even use acres anymore. They started using square miles, of which it was 15. Uh, 1,500. Wow. Yes. How big is 1,500 square miles? That's larger than most countries. 1,500 well, some square, countries. 1,500 square miles. Um, Let's see. San Francisco is like up right now. So 20... It, it's a lot. It's a lot of land. And not all of it was totally destroyed. It's important to mention that not all land looks like how it did back here after a wildfire. But most of it did. And you had stuff like this, which is just the most terrifying thing I can imagine. Just an entire hillside coated with fire. 
Wow. And that's over, that's over a land area. That's large. That's larger than Hong Kong by about five times or hmm, by about four times. And then imagine half of Puerto Rico totally blanketed in flames like that. Yeah, that's not good. Granted, it wasn't all at the same time. Uh, This fire did go on for about four months. July, August, September, October. Yeah, four months. So it was one marathon of a fire. And it was named after the creek near where it started. That's interesting. But it's... Hmm. Yeah, it was, again, a little bit northwest of Lake Orville. So the Paradise Fire... I'm sorry. Camp Fire would have been, like, right over here. Yeah. And then the one that had everyone talking, uh, the Caldor Fire this year. This almost totally destroyed South Tahoe. Like, a lot of people don't appreciate how close it was to completely destroying South Tahoe. Yeah. Uh, South Tahoe is, like, a pretty populated city. And this is a one of the ski towns, like, ski resorts in Tahoe on fire. <laughs> and this one's going to be hard to see, but... It looks like... This was a live satellite photo taken probably about two hours ago. And this is Lake Tahoe. It's a little hard to see. But you see this kind of darkened area right here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's from this fire. So, basically... Wow. That got disturbingly close. Yeah. Um, No one died. That's good. Um, But it's burned about 200,000 acres. So, 347 square miles. So, how do you fix this? Um, You have a few options. Obviously, the best way is, you know, stop burning the oil and the coal and the things that make these forests do this. But the reason why these fires are so bad, and states like um, Texas or Wyoming or places that theoretically should be just as at as at risk for really bad fires don't get them as often Uh, a lot of that has to do with proper forest management so it pains me to say this but when people were asking trump you know what are you going to do about all the wildfires and everything last year he said well it's it's the forest you know it's it's like uh, they didn't take good care of their forest now this is what's happening and he's half right He's ignoring the elephant in the room, obviously, but yeah, stuff like this, forests that look like this, that are insanely cluttered, are freaking time bombs. Um, if you have a forest that's super crowded like this, it's really easy for fires to get to the crown of a tree and completely destroy them. Which is why you need to have controlled burns like this, which are targeting the underbrush and are under the watchful eye of a firefighter to put them out if they get too hot. Um, to stop stuff like this from happening. Yeah, I'm not saying Trump wasn't forcing the blame or anything because he absolutely was. Mm. But yeah, you kind of have to prevent it from getting to crown fires because that's the point where you really just have to sequester that piece of land and hope embers don't toss yes. over the line. And they will. So yeah. uh, California has kind of realized this in the last uh, couple decades and has tried to pick things up. But that doesn't really make up for almost a century of lackluster forest management. Uh, But hopefully as 
time goes on, climate change under control a bit, these fires do get less severe. Because uh, they're a big problem. And beyond just, you know, losing valuable forest and biodiversity, um, it's very hard to capture the total amount of human death and destruction caused by premature death and respiratory illness or property loss, stuff like that. Yeah, it's like... um. That rainforest loss is so profound because there are entire ecosystems that have just been lost to, mm-hmm. you know, fire and habitat loss that we will never know about. And I could have very easily made this, uh, like, an eight-hour-long podcast about every single forest fire, like, every insane season all over the world. But this is not just happening in the West Coast. This is happening everywhere in the world. Um, you know... Eastern Europe had a lot going on this summer. Siberia has a lot going on every summer. China, interestingly enough, has a lot going on during the summer. Wildfires happen, and in the Amazon rainforest, they had a lot going on. That was a couple years ago. Um, But for whatever reason, a bunch of fires started at, like, the exact same time. And just a mega rainforest fire, which shouldn't really be happening. Yeah. That's that's kind of the whole summarization of this episode. These things really shouldn't be happening. That's right. But let's you know, let's let's take a look. Let's come back to Chirac and we're gonna talk about the Great Lakes. Or at least part of them. With the first episode about the Great Lakes being on how they make farming in the Midwest possible, because they do. Yep, taking a field trip to the Chirac conflict zone. We are. Um don't stay out at night. Don't stay out a day. Just don't go there. <laughs> yeah, just keep a good 50-mile circle around Chicago, Chicago. Gary, uh-huh. Indiana, and the West Bend, and you'll be fine. Yes, that's right. Just don't go anywhere near there. All right. Shout-outs before we go. Let's see. Shout-outs. Um, hmm. Shout-out to the proud incarcerated men and women that have been helping the uh, California fire program. Now I feel stupid because my shout out was going to go to uh, the Ghirardelli chocolate squares that I received as a gift that I've been eating all day. As a gift? It was as a gift. Hmm? It was like a birthday present that got lost in the mail. My birthday was like four months ago. Oh. I mean, that's good stuff. Just getting chocolates in the mail unexpectedly. They're a little stale, but it's 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 fine. Oh,